blessing to have the Fosters with us this weekend. I told him earlier, I felt like there are defining moments in life that you come to. And I believe that this service this morning was a divine moment. And I believe tonight, I've told him he has no pressure. He do whatever he feels like doing. But I'm glad you're here, Brother Foster. Come and share what God's given you to the church tonight. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Let's give it up to Jesus right now. Oh, I tell you, it does feel good in the house this evening. And, and then all this singing, worship, uh, and, and, and these kids singing on the piano. And, and I mean, let's give it up for them. That, that's outstanding. It's great. I love it. Love it. Uh, what a, what a, what a great evening of worship and uh, just feel the power, the presence uh, of, of God in this house. And it's just, it's wonderful to be back. Didn't know we were going to be back, but we're glad to be back. Glad to be here. And uh, I appreciate so much your pastor and uh, his wife. Uh, we had such a wonderful uh, meal with them this afternoon and a great visit. And, you, you know, some folks, when you're with them, they know how to take it out of you. And... Uh, you ever been with anybody that just kind of leaves you, uh, and you know, it's just not fun being with those kind of folks. Well, I'll tell you what, your pastor and his wife always leave me better than they found me. And they, they, it's just uplifting being with them. And I thank God for that. Amen. And, uh, great to be here. Sister Leanne Hughes, good to see you. Uh, as well, and good to see your sweetheart here this morning, and uh, just good to see every one of you. So uh, I'm just going to open my heart up uh, just a little bit to you here tonight, and uh, just tell you uh, what I've got on my heart, and I simply just want to speak to you tonight on the subject, words create worlds. Words create worlds. Why don't you look at somebody and say, what kind of worlds are your words creating? God bless you. You may be seated. Words are so powerful. They've got the power to inspire, to encourage, to appreciate, uh, to even heal, to even turning the impossible into the possible. Throughout history, words have transformed societies, people, and relationship. Words have inspired us to put a man on the moon, to see some advancement in racial equality, and to heal even after our greatest tragedies. I think of where I was was at. 
I think it was 1969, summer of 1969, when we put a man on the moon. And I was listening to it on the radio. Uh, I'd been preaching for Brother Creel over in, over in Westlake, Louisiana. I was on my way back to Houston. I was a Bible college student. And, and I was listening to, to them talking about a man on the moon. And I was looking. The moon was bright that night. And, and, and I was looking uh, at, at that moon and just uh, in wonder. But, you know, it was, it was John F. Kennedy that through his words inspired a nation to to win the race the space race uh, and put a man on the war, on the on the moon words can make a difference in your day words can make a difference in your family words can make a difference in your life and that is why i wake up every morning praising god I wake up every morning thanking God. I wake up every morning giving God glory because I want to set the atmosphere for the rest of my day. Words create an atmosphere. Faith-filled words will help pull you through. Fear Filled words will help defeat you. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, words are some of the most powerful things in the universe. Proverbs 18 and 21 gives this profound truth as it reads, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6 and 2, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. I read recently a study that said that generally... Now, 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 get a load of this. Listen to this. Optimistic people are generally healthier, wealthier, and wiser than those that are not. Now, just think about that. Words can set my mindset. Words can set my attitude. And so I've made up my mind that my words are going to be words of faith instead of words of fear. My words are going to be positive instead of negative. My words are going to be praising God, not giving glory to the enemy. Is anybody hearing me tonight? And I do a lot of leadership training and teaching across the country but the most important person that I can lead and that you can lead first and foremost is myself and yourself 
And my words help lead me. Managing myself is all important. And speaking the right words help me do that. I was raised in a positive mindset. But I've worked with people that were not. And let me tell you something. You can change. You can say, you know what? The words are creating my world. And I'm really tired of the world that my words are creating and beginning this evening right now. I'm going to begin speaking words of life instead of words of death. Words of faith instead of words of fear. And I'm going to help turn my thinking and my life and my family around. So I want you to think about it. Who am I showing my family and my friends that I really am? Proverbs 15 and 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. What kind of worlds are your words creating sticks and stones we said as children may break my bones but words will never hurt me what a lie what a terrible terrible lie you know there there i was reading a book Jonathan, my, my oldest boy is 48 years old. Wow. Am I really that old? My oldest boy is 48 now. And, uh, he was just a baby. He was maybe, maybe six weeks old. Paula had put him in bed. She had gone to bed and I was up late reading. I was in, in just wrapped up in this book and, and I was getting motivated and inspired. And, uh, so, so, he said, here, here's what he said, and I read this just before I went to bed. And uh, it, he said, here's the way I get up in the morning. He said, it's important that you start your day right. And he said, I get up in the morning. He said, what I do before I go to bed, I set my alarm for a certain time. And then when the alarm goes off that next morning, I reach over and slap the alarm. I throw the covers back. I leap out of bed. And as soon as my feet hit the floor, I stick both hands in the air and I scream at the top of my lungs, I believe. And he said, I scream it three times. And I'm saying, I believe in God. I believe God's got me. I believe God's got this day. And I believe I'm going to have a great day. Yeah, that's what I said. That's exactly what I said. I said, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I went to the bedroom, set my alarm. I just forgot one thing. I forgot to tell Paula. (laughs) Pastor, I didn't want to wake her up. She was already asleep. So bright and early the next morning, my alarm went off and I remembered. I reached over, I slapped the alarm. 
I threw the covers back. I leaped out of bed and as soon as my feet hit the floor, I threw both hands in the air and I screamed at the top of my lungs, I believe. And it felt so good. And just as I got the ah for the second I believe out, two more feet hit the floor. A little hand grabbed my arm, spun me around, and through clenched teeth and blazing eyes, my wife said, I don't know what you believe, but I know you're going to wake our baby up if you don't shut up. And I said, whoa, I don't want the world these words are creating right now. So I had to learn to do it a, 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 little, a little bit different. God, in the first chapter of the Bible, set the tone. And gave us the example of the creative word. Now thank you. The power of creative words. Genesis 1 and 8. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. He set the tone. Genesis uh, 1 and 6. And God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the water. And verse 9. And God said, let the waters under. And the end of that verse says, and it was so. Verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed. And, and the fruit tree yielding fruit of its kind. Whose seed is... Uh, is in itself upon the earth and it was so. Verse 14 and God said. Verse 20 and God said. Verse 24 and God said and it closed with and it was so. The power of the spoken word, the creative power of the spoken word. Hebrews 11, it's in the New Testament. Hebrews 11 and 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things that which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I'm declaring to somebody that words are creative. I'm declaring to somebody that words create worlds. David knew the power of words. And he refused to let his words and thoughts create a negative world for himself. Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Somebody needs to say, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. Let my words 
words tomorrow be acceptable. Let my words the next day be acceptable. Let my words in my home be acceptable. Let my words on my job be acceptable. Let my words create a wonderful world in which I live. Jesus said in Matthew 12 and 37, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now, psychologists tell us, I read this many years ago. Psychologists tell us, that we have two main memory files in our brain. I read this, Pastor, way back before we had all these computer files. This is when we had the old-style files. And psychologists back then were saying that in our brain, we have two main memory files. There's a failure file that catalogs all of our failures in life, all the times we have not made it, all the times we fail to measure up, all the times we've let ourselves down, all the times we've let somebody else down. And then there is a success file. And it has all the successes of our life. Now, watch this. Get a load of this. Are you ready for this? They said your outlook on life and your life is dependent on which file you go back to the most. Which one you access uh, the most? Uh, and I thought about one of my big failures in life. I thought about learning how to ride a bicycle. And, and we were, we were in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My mother and dad were starting a church there. And my mother was out in the front yard pushing me on the bicycle and holding me up. And I was having a great time just there in the yard. And I was talking and she was responding and I was talking and then she quit responding. And when she quit responding, I looked back and she was way back there. And about that time I hit a tree. Now that went in my failure file. However, I rarely access that file because I learned to ride a bicycle. And just yesterday, at 71 years of age, I rode a bicycle around the lake with my grandbabies. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to access that success file. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Life does not have to be misery. It doesn't matter where you are right now. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Life is what you make it. Words create words. Mm. I remember when we were in Winston-Salem raising up a church. Jeremy was about eight years old. And he was in, we we had moved out of that little trailer I talked about today and we'd bought a little uh, 1,700 square foot home. And uh, 
His mother was fixing something in the kitchen. He was in the little den right next. It was all kind of open there. And he was in the den right next to the kitchen. He was playing. And, and, and Paula realized that she had forgot. It had already been a frustrating day. And, and she realized she had forgot something. She was baking something and she forgot to buy something. And she just threw her hands up and she said, I quit. And Jeremy looked at her and said, Mother, mother. And he, she looked over at him and said, what do you want, Jeremy? He said, mother, remember, fosters never quit. <laughs> and pastor, when I got home and she told me that story, I said, yes, uh, the words are coming through. We're framing our words right. So what? am I teaching my children? How am I leading my family? How are my words? Simon, Peter, and Judas both failed miserably. And it was their own fault. Simon, Peter denied him and Judas uh, sold him. Which was worse? Hear me. It was not their failure that was so terrible. But rather, it was how Judas responded that was so terrible. For they both failed. But Judas said, it's over. It's finished. I'll never recover. My life is over. And somebody has been speaking those words just this week. And I challenge those words in your mind right now. They are words that will lead you into deep, dark depression. But I'm challenging somebody right now to say it's not over. Because God's got this. And God's done this. Is anybody hearing me? He knows exactly where you are and it's time to let your words create a better world for you to live I think of Paul and Silas they chose in the dark dilemma of prison at midnight to pray and sing praises and it created a whole new world for them Faith-filled words and attitudes can help produce my greatest victories from the valley of my most terrible situations. I think of, well, let me, let me read Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Pleasant words are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul. And health to the bones. Wow. Now in, I'm I'm going to find a landing place. We can bring our musicians back. In, in 04, late 04, 
I was diagnosed with cancer. The, the doctor called. I called Paula and said, hey, Brad wants us to come and come in the back door of his office. And I said, she was across town. I said, I'll just go by myself. You go ahead and do it. She said, oh, no, I'm going to meet you there. We knew it wasn't good. And uh, <clears throat> we walked in. Nurse led us down the hall to his office and sat there in his office. And then he came in. And, and he broke the news that, yes, uh, I, I had cancer. And so he was giving me options, and we were studying options. And four days later, I, 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 having having had that cancer diagnosis, uh, four days later, I wanted to keep my priorities right, and and I was I was trying to be sure I kept my priorities right. So four days later, I was in Mississippi putting up deer stands in the Mississippi deer woods. <laughs> had to keep my priorities right. <laughs> And uh, we 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 we'd put up a stand, and I was going to direct a guy in cutting some shooting lanes, uh, and uh, some way I lost my grip, and I pitched over backwards from 14 feet up, and I said, "Mark, you're going to break your neck," and I said, "Lord, I need your help," and and I shoved off that ladder. And I thought everything was okay. I was praying. It's, it took forever to hit the ground. It just seemed slow motion. And uh, so I kind of put my hands out and I said, you know, I'm going to do like I've done before. Only I wasn't as young as I had been before. And, and I, I said, you know, I've, I've fallen before. I'm going to hit, kind of keep my knees a little springy there and I'm going to roll over and flip back up on my feet. Only I didn't land gracefully. And I crushed that right heel when I hit. In fact, I was, I was writhing in pain on the ground, grunting and groaning. And, and I was with some preachers and they thought I was having a heart attack. They said, Mark's having a heart attack. Come here. Come over here. <laughs> so anyway, they took me and, and, and uh, cut my, my boot off and, and, and cut the leg of my jeans and took me into a place and we got x-rays and found out how bad it was. And so uh, they took me home, took me back to Louisiana. And uh, so so then I, I was in, in the recuperation process. They decided to put my, my procedure for cancer on hold until March of the following year of 05 so I could get back on my feet. And so in that process, I'm upstairs after surgery. And uh, our, all of our bedrooms were upstairs at that time. So I'm there and Paula is bringing stuff. She's serving me. She's taking care of me and she's up and down those steps. And I did not know that her body is racked with pain. I didn't know till later that she was going down the steps, sitting down and scooting down the steps we went to when when i found out we went to this doctor we went to that doctor and and they finally sent us to a rheumatologist in shreveport and and the doctor said uh paula or mrs foster he called her he said he said uh, i hate to break the news but you have rheumatoid arthritis and he said, so he said, well, we, we've got some medicine. We're going to use this medicine. We're going to, uh, we, we, we are hoping best case scenario is we can stop this where it is. That's what we hope. We can't correct anything that's already done. We can hopefully stop this where it is and maybe it will not be a problem, but we're just going to have to leave it up to the medicine. Paula said, and God and God. 
So she took the medicine for a while and we went back every six months. And one day we had just gone back and, and she got her new prescription. And uh, I came in and she said, Mark, I'm not taking this medicine anymore. I said, what's going on? She said, well, she said they've got a new, a, a, a new uh, a side effect on the medicine. Now she reads all that stuff. I just take the medicine. She reads it all, so she's helped me a lot. But so she 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 said, and it's it's that you 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 very likely will lose your hair. And she said, my hair has been coming out in handfuls. And she said, I don't think it's God's will for me to lose my hair. She said, I'm not going to take this medicine anymore. She said, I believe God will heal me. I said, Well, babe, I believe God will heal you too. And so six months went by. We went back to the rheumatologist uh, and they ran some of the tests that they would run every six months on her and then the the uh, uh, physician's assistant came in and she said oh Paula she said we've got good news said the test said no rheumatoid and Paula threw her hands up and said thank you Jesus and the they wrote they wrote her prescription handed it to her said here's your prescription Paula said thank you very much we walked out and she went home and filed it, didn't, didn't fill it. Six months later, we went back. Same thing happened. They came in and said, no rheumatoid, Paula. She said, thank you, Jesus. They said, here's your prescription. She said, thank you very much. We went back uh, home. She filed it. And six months later, we go back. And they come in after running the test and say, no rheumatoid, Paula. She said, thank you, Jesus. She said, now I need to tell you something. She said... I haven't taken this medicine in 18 months. She said, my Jesus has healed my body of rheumatoid arthritis. And the, the, she got all flustered. The, the, the physician's sister said, oh, no, I got to go get the doctor. And the doctor came in and began to quiz her. And she said, no, I've not taken any of this medicine in 18 months. He said, something, I don't know what's going on here. He said, we got to run you through every test that, that, that we've ever run you through. So they set up some more tests. And when all the tests were said and done, the doctor came in shaking his head. He said, Mrs. Foster, I don't understand it. He said, I've never seen it. He said, rheumatoid arthritis is, is not not a curable disease and he said he said the best we can do is arrest it but he said let me tell you something I don't understand it he said but even even your bone density test is much better now than when we first ran it he said I don't know what it is you have no rheumatoid in your body she still her knuckles on both hands are still swollen to remind her but what I'm going to tell you is she said, you know what? I believe that God is going to heal me. I'm preaching to somebody that your words can create your worlds. I feel faith rising in this house. I feel faith rising right now. And I was in the midst of the cancer journey at that time. And I went to Atlanta, then got treated and so this was all kind of running simultaneous. Uh, and so I got, I got treated and uh, then they, they, things didn't go just as they thought. And finally, after six years, they said, 
Listen, Mark, your cancer is still there. We didn't get it all. Said, I want you to go now to MD Anderson in Houston because it was closer than Atlanta every three months. And uh, we'll do tests every three months, but it's going to show back up and we'll find it. Uh, and then they found it. They gave me a terrible uh uh, prognosis so uh, they, they they wanted to do some terrible things that I didn't want them to do and I said how long do I have before I absolutely have to do something and the doctor said well I wouldn't take over three months but said you could take him I said well doc let me tell you I thank you very much you've been very kind very good I may be back in 90 days but I may find something else uh, and I'm going to be praying that God's going to heal me. And I said, and I'm, I'm going to be looking around. Well, I found something. In fact, my church board told me they found out what the prognosis was there. And they said, hey, just come preach on Sunday. Stay home the rest of the week. Study. I talked to doctors in 10 different states. I studied this frontwards and backwards. I went to Mayo Clinic in 2014. And, and listen, there's more to it. Uh, in the, in the getting, get me ready. They ran me through all the tests again. They stopped. The doctor said, you know, we're going to have to back up uh we think there's something on your on your hip bone and we found something in a lymph node so we've got to do a lymph node biopsy and we got to do a biopsy on your hip bone and said we think cancer's there and so we did that 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 was no fun but we did that they said you got to go home now i said man i'm here to get this done said well the bone biopsy will take a little longer said it'll take three days why don't you go on home we'll call you three days later the nurse called and said mr foster there is no cancer in your hip bone and there's no cancer in your lymph node we're ready to set a date to do the procedure so we went back up there in september of 2014 did the procedure and then a year later we were back six months later then back a year later and in 2015 for the first time in 11 years I heard the words cancer free and I've been hearing those words ever since I tell you what we made up our mind we're walking in faith cancer or no cancer rheumatoid or no rheumatoid we're speaking words of faith words create worlds let's everybody stand together right now God's in this house he knows where you are. He knows where you've been. He knows what's happening. He knows what you're going through. And so right now, what I want us to do, whatever it is, I just want you to bring it to the Lord right down here. I just want you to come and say, Lord, here I am and help me speak words of faith and not words of fear. Help me create an attitude of faith about everything that's going on in my life right now. Step out right now and come.